Welcome to Animal Noises. This is Ringer. Uh, Path can't find his microphone, so I'll just be doing the show by myself as he types at me, if he's even listening. He may have just hung up. Paprika. Paprika. It's your favorite spice. My favorite spice. Uh, and we are uh, a podcast about something that uh, I, Adam uh, Culture. Fur, furry, I think was what the furry culture we came podcast up with. is. I think what we were calling. Right. I think that's yeah. what it's on iTunes as. This has already gone great. Um, back. So by, we're back. Back by popular demand. <laughs> yeah. Here we are to Real talk popular. in your ear. What do you want to talk about today, Patrick? I want to get another baseball out of this. That's why we came back to this podcast. Did you lose your baseball? I I didn't lose it. Like you it's just, somewhere. You want some redundancy. I think it's just <laughs> I think when you're ditzy, it's helpful to have copies of objects that you love. Well that's true. Which is why polyamory is important. <laughs> <laughs> so our topic that we were actually gonna talk about uh, right. I believe was revolving around who, what celebrity we're currently trying to convert to furry. And I think uh, when we were talking about this late last week, uh, we were on the Elon Musk train, correct? Well, you were on the Daniel Radcliffe train. I went straight to Elon Musk. Well, I mean, I, I just feel like Daniel Radcliffe's train is a better one to be on sort of across the board. Uh but yeah, that's that's very true. I think uh, Daniel Radcliffe was exciting for about a week, and then Elon Musk made a vaguely furry tweet, and everybody forgot about Daniel Radcliffe completely. And uh, I don't know where we're at now. It wasn't vaguely furry. It was, like, explicitly furry. He's uh, He said fur curious. Right. But I don't 100% uh, want to assume that he knows what he's talking about at any given time oh that'd be weird if he didn't oh man Can you imagine saying fur curious and not having any idea what that meant that seems like that's a hard word do. to get to well yeah yeah like clearly he knows what he's doing with that like i doubt he wants anything to do with furry or maybe he's just like maybe these people will like me maybe he's gotten that far like no one likes me the shareholders don't like me we we were talking about this this compulsion to like try to indoctrinate these people into furry and uh-huh. your suggestion was the opposite that we actually should be maybe removing people from furry yeah like in, instead of trying to take normal people and converting them into the fandom can we take people who are in the fandom already and like eject them uh and alternately trade them for these celebrities like trade up or well ideally i don't know that there's anybody in the fandom that i would trade to get Elon Musk in because I don't consider him somebody I would necessarily like need in the fandom. However, I can think of some people I'd trade for for good old Dan Radcliffe. Yeah. Oh yeah. He seems he seems like a cool guy. I'd hang out. With I him. would trade you for Dan Radcliffe. I mean, honestly. I would trade me for Dan Radcliffe. I can't blame you. If, if anybody I, said, I, do you know I call I call him Dan, Dan now. We're that we're that. Good I called friends. him Dan first. So he's going to be pretty disappointed when he gets in here and I'm gone. Well, that's too bad. He can trade someone else to get you back if he so oh, that's feels true. it. Yeah, that's really. true. He has that power. And they would be they would be honored because uh, Daniel Radcliffe spoke to them, even though his persona is a wolf. 
Is it a wolf? He was very, the whole video, he's just very into wolves and he wants mm. them to walk around on two legs and wear clothes. So like you, you couldn't get furrier if you tried. And so I feel like yeah. Daniel Radcliffe either has somehow managed to avoid any mention of furry this mm. entire time, or he already is one. And let's just be honest, he could have a secret suit already and go to cons and nobody would have any idea. Yeah, what would he tell his parents when his parents come he over? He probably doesn't have his parents visit a whole lot. And he also lives in a, probably a very big house with a lot of storage. Okay. The bigger my child's house is and the more popular they are, the more I go visit their house. Yeah, but the point is he has places he can put that stuff that people will not find oh, it. Oh, that's creepy. That's a thing adults have. Is storage space for things. Ooh, they don't. Have, they don't need to have, have their first You have a different adult like, life than I do. That's I, <laughs> I have. I do have that. Uh, wow, I, I would say geez. like it's. It feels relatively common to me that you wouldn't just have your house littered with fursuit parts when your parents come to visit. What about uh, Joaquin Baldwin? Do we get to call him a furry yet? Like he's super interactive with us. I don't know. Has he has he acknowledged any sort of persona? I mean, if anything, he's definitely furry adjacent because he's so aware of the community and and interacts with a number of furries on a regular basis. So if he's not fully a furry, which maybe he isn't, uh, he's at least, you know, he's out there and aware and and friendly to furries. And honestly, I am completely fine with that. I don't need him to suddenly be like, well, I'm a full furry now and here's my fursona. If he wants to, he's welcome to. But uh you know, I'm happy with him just doing his thing. Did he become a GOH somewhere? Uh, I thought he was at AC. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I mean, not every GOH AC has is a furry. They, they get a lot of people that are related, uh, relate to the fandom in some way, but maybe aren't necessarily involved with it directly. Oh, hey, that could be a topic someday. If cons should be pulling from mainstream or if they should pull just from. I don't. I, I mean, we can talk about that now. Yeah, should we? Uh, I we don't know. I mean, we're we really could, bad at topics. Like, just we to could be save it, and you. then when we go away for another six months, people can be like, "Hey, when are you going to make that podcast about uh, uh, guests of honor outside the fandom?" And when are you going to get me like, baseball? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I think extortion is really the way to go uh, with regards to creating media for consumption. It, yeah. Like, what are you going to What are you going to do for us? You know, you got to grease the wheels a little bit. So here's the bigger question: Why? Because I. Questions because I'm a very large person. I'm ready for it. Are you ready? Ooh. Okay. Why are furries so, for lack of a better word, thirsty to have validation in the in the form of this very nice and normal seeming successful person seems to like our fandom enough to be part of it? I think first of all, it's natural to want people to approve of what you're doing, and so I don't think there's anything strange about that. But furry is a weird one because. it's such a kind of obscure thing and and less so now like more people are aware of it and more people are involved in it than ever but it's just one of those situations where if somebody acknowledges it you just get excited because they suddenly they like noticed you and you just think okay well they they saw furry so if i keep showing them furry they'll they'll like it and that's not necessarily true. Like, I think we have a habit of, of coming on very strongly anytime anyone shows more than a passing amount of interest. And that's not healthy. It's not healthy to do as uh, on a personal level. And it's not healthy to do on a community level. 
because it has just as much likelihood to drive someone away uh, as it does to sort of reel them in. And it's weird, too, because on one hand, I, I can see being excited when somebody you know shows an interest in a thing that you're into because it's an opportunity to, to sort of make inroads into a friendship if you don't already have that with them. But it's weirder when it happens at a celebrity level because the likelihood that this is suddenly going to become a person that you can now, you know, have regular conversations with and become friends with just because they sort of noticed furry isn't realistic. And I think that maybe we have that dream like celebrity noticed furry and it's it's going to make furry acceptable and we're all going to be popular and friends with celebrity. And I mean, it, it doesn't work that way. And it doesn't need to work that way. We just need to acknowledge that, you know, that's not a thing that we need to be doing as a community. We've also seen furries get super excited about just like normal ass people. Yeah. <laughs> like just coming and entertaining us instead of the people they normally entertain. Yeah, for sure. Or alongside that. And we're like, hey, this is good. Thank you. Yeah. Here's a persona. Yeah. <laughs> now you fit in, Pat Pat. It's good. Look at you. Look how cute you are. I think it's, again, it's nice to be acknowledged and it's nice to feel like, uh, you know, the fandom is is this sort of thing of, of misfits or, or has that brand because it's been that for so long. And we sort of carry that mentality with us so that when somebody in the mainstream acknowledges it, especially in a positive way, we just there's this opportunity to sort of turn our reputation around. And it's strange because I don't know that any one person saying, hey, I'm a furry now. Uh, as a celebrity would suddenly make everybody else be like, oh, furry's okay. They'd be more like, no, that celebrity's just gotten really weird. <laughs> I think it'd make furry really weird, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Everything a celebrity touches turns to like really random bullshit. Yeah, that's that's a good point too. Like it's not just about the fact that, that people are recognizing furry. It's, it's what does furry turn into? And does that celebrity being involved in furry draw in other people who join furry just because they want to be closer to that celebrity? And it, I, I don't want to say that that's necessarily what would happen, but it's a really weird territory. Speaking of weird, I saw a video from this coyote, but he, he talked about, uh, should we, is furry getting, trying, trying not to be weird, like trying to lose the weird moniker, mm -hmm. which is like the basis of furry in a lot of ways. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. I think it just gets weirder. I, I mean, I have real strong feelings about this, obviously. This this need to like mainstreamify it and make it acceptable by everybody uh, might feel good in the short term, but I think in the long term, it takes away what makes it special. And I, I'm not saying that would make me not want to be involved anymore, but I don't need that mainstream acceptance to find enjoyment in it. And... I feel like it's just about being accepted in general. And so it's it's more about being selective about who you want to accept you and not just saying, well, everybody needs to like furry because they don't. I think it's just like anything else where you need sort of a balance. And if everybody likes something, chances are that something is probably not all that exciting. I agree. I don't think you lose what's weird about it because what's weird about it is the core of it. Like we just like walking, talking animal people that have jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's just weird. I like how the jobs thing is part of it. It's the job thing that makes it weird, right? Because if you were a walking, talking animal, you wouldn't get a job. It would just be cool. Did you ever imagine a world where furries exist? Yes, occasionally. To clarify, I don't mean like that you exist or that, or that the people you talk to on Twitter are imaginary people. 
there's actually anthropomorphic walking talking animals exactly. with jobs well they can't get jobs in reality right that they it would be really strange you'd have to work from home under someone else's name are we talking like everybody can be an animal or no like most people are still humans but there's a couple of them yeah that would be that would be extra strange because now you have the human animal interaction to think about and then how does that work like are all the animals still somewhat scaled so is there a big size difference happening or are all of the animals somewhat normalized to be human size Ooh, i never thought about that i just made them normalized okay in my head all right so this isn't like zootopia rules no, you don't do Zootopia rules. Zootopia was cool because this. I remember Kyle Gold saying this. He said that he really liked in novels when the animals and books. Oh God, maybe this wasn't Kyle Gold. I'm just attributing it to him. Well, it's his now. This is his idea now. I think it was though. I think he liked when animals in books had a reason for being an animal of, of a sort. This is still our topic, right? I'm still <laughs> very, very on topic. Um. These are things I think about, though. Like, furry's real fucking weird. But I like that. And it's a good example, too, of, like, even within this conversation, when you said that, we sort of had two different versions of what this world looks like almost immediately, right? And it's a good reminder that, like, furry is not uniform in any way between one person to the next. So it's kind of like just this interpretive thing right it's whatever you think of it and then you have to try to reconcile that with what everybody else thinks of it and some of the most interesting conversations are when your view of something is so different from somebody else's and you're trying to like figure out each other's like angle on it and it's different for everyone like some people are just here for the pretty pictures that's fine so yeah you've got um sort of the what furry means to you and then what aspects of furry do you enjoy the most and what aspects are you not interested in at all? And again, that's just a super subjective thing. And again, I mean, I'll say this over and over. That's what makes it special and interesting is like, I don't want everybody to want to do all the exact same things and enjoy all the exact same things because then you just kind of have this cookie cutter community and it just wouldn't be all that exciting. When is Utopia 2 coming out? Oh, that's the thing. I forget that. Forget that, because that's too far in the future. I don't want to get sad about it. But Lion King CGI. Okay. Right, that's coming out. People are super mad. People are super they are, mad. Okay. They're like, this is great. I had yeah, a conversation about this so earlier, mad. and I have a theory. Yeah. I propose that animals that look like real animals, for the most part, within furry, it is hard to find them attractive in any sense beyond, wow, what a pretty animal that is. I would say it's hard to find them relatable. Maybe unless they're dogs. But I mean, like, think about. Uh, I think Lion King's a good. The uh, original Lion King's a good example. They were enough of a departure from what real animals looked like that they were cute. Yeah, they were exaggerated. They had, they had a lot of expressions. Yeah, and because of that, because of and I think this does go back to your relatability thing. Because of that, I, it caused a lot of feelings in people during formative periods in their lives. Uh, and mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to get that from this, but I think a big part of that is because like, I don't look at my cat and think, wow, that cat is hot because it's a real cat. <laughs> and what you're seeing on screen is basically real animals. Yeah. They talk, but they're still, when you look at them, it's a real animal or real enough. And, and one of them is John Oliver. One of them is John Oliver. He's a bird. And, uh, and so I think because of that, because they cannot be 
objectified as easily. And that is messing with the reality that we have all created around Lion King. That's why people are so frustrated by it. See, I, I thought I thought people were frustrated by it because like we already had the Lion King. Like it already happened and we're wasting a bunch of reasonable in the eyes of a lot of people, we are wasting creative resources of which there is a finite amount without much money on a project that we're not going to get a whole lot out of. Who is we, though? Who is we? Like, we're not on the hook for this. We don't give a shit. Like, it doesn't affect us at all. No, but we do give a shit about the studios putting out, like, put out Zootopia again. Like, that was huge for us. Yeah, but nobody said that they weren't putting out Zootopia. So if if The Lion King is the price that we pay to get Zootopia 2, are you saying it's not worth it? I think what they're saying is that these are resources that could be put into something we like. And this is just something you've already That's done. That's not that, how companies work. It's, <laughs> it's how consumers think, though. Like, you're just you're just wasting your time with it. Uh, now, I saw The Jungle Book, and it looked basically like a different movie. It didn't look like The Jungle Book. <laughs> it was very different. Um, I thought it was good. So I don't, I don't necessarily think. I'm very in favor of Lion King CGI because I saw the hyenas. And I like hyenas. And you never see hyenas on movies. I don't have strong opinions about it. I'll... I'll... I'm not going to go see it in a theater, but I will watch it when the opportunity presents itself. I'll go see it in theater because it has hyenas in it. And what what was the last movie you saw a hyena on a screen that was real? Real? Ish. I mean, this clearly isn't real, but it looks real. Um, I couldn't even tell you. No, because it never happens. No, for good reason. Damn you! <laughs> so this is the hard part with like fox people and wolf people and like cat people. Like you, you see your animals all the damn time yeah like you never see a hyena in in anything like lions are everywhere usually they're killing people or they're scary or they're being tamed somehow yeah but think of like the one coyote that you ever see he's a garbage coyote he's the worst well normally it's like a proud coyote like on like an american plane or something right that's i get what you're i agree with you so first of all, I under- the hyenas are very good and should be on. No, movies. that's not what I was saying. Every movie should require one appearance from. A I appreciate your enthusiasm for seeing your species on screen because that was a, definitely an omission from Zootopia, right? It just didn't have. Yeah, interestingly, I, yeah, Zootopia kind of it built had, it in. They didn't have hyena Gomez. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was. It I was guess, on the iPod. I guess like, you would know. Do, do you know it happened? Gotcha. And I think it was on some of the marketing materials. Uh, you had to really look, and I could be making it up, but I'm delusional enough that I'm going to go with All right. It. Well, thanks for listening to Animal Noises. We're back until we aren't again. Uh, right. I have been Ringer. Uh, this is Path. I've changed my name back uh, to this. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for sticking with us, and uh, we will talk to you again at some point. Bye.